views, ideas, and opinions of all of us here on Well Loved, and our guests are their own. And you should always seek additional professional opinion and advice pertaining to any of the topics discussed here on Well Loved with Lucia. Hello and welcome to Well Loved with Lucia. I'm your host, Lucia, um, for which makes sense, right? <laughs> if it's called Well Loved with Lucia, be odd if I had another name. But anyway, <laughs> um, I'm so happy to be here with you on Well Loved with Lucia. If you're a first time listener to the show, we talk about all things love love for yourself, for other people, for the people that you really care about in your life. It's a retreat for your day, a treat for your day, a place to laugh, to connect, to learn about loving yourself and others more well. And how do we do that? We do that through personal stories, through research, through data, through conversations with incredible guests, through hearing your stories, through sharing your stories. We really try to incorporate story sharing with research and information so that it's not just us talking, you have some background um, to trust us, and also personal stories to relate to. If you don't know me, my name is Lucia and I'm an Emmy-nominated storyteller and licensed mental health expert, and really my passion is helping you, your family, your loved ones, our society just find and feel better because there's so many reasons not to, especially um, in the time that we're in. So I know for myself, this was lifelong work, learning how to find and feel better in so many aspects of my love uh, for myself and my love for relationships and learning how to communicate in relationships. And without the people in my life, my mentors, and truly my professional knowledge as well, I don't know if I'd be in a place where I can say, well, I've really truly found and feel better from where I was. So the goal here is to help you do the same. And on this show, especially when it comes to relationships. If you listened to our first few shows, you learned about communication. On this show, we are talking about attachment. This is a buzzword I feel like that's gone around social media. Thanks, TikTok, for giving us. So I, I like that TikTok brings these words out to the forefront, but they just don't accurately always explain them. Um, so what is attachment? Well, attachment theory is really what it's called, was something that was started and was researched in the 1950s. And it basically outlines how your bond with your primary caregiver. So when you were a baby, whoever your primary caregiver was, mom, dad, aunt, uncle, right? Whoever that primary was, it sets the foundation for really how you navigate relationships for the rest, well, throughout your life up until the point where you recognize your attachment style and then you can work on changing it if it's not one that you really want or is serving you well. Basically, it talks about how that caregiver, the way that the caregiver related to you, attuned to you, makes you feel safe or truly unsafe. Um, they use the word secure or insecure in relationships, right? So there's really four types of attachment styles. The first is secure. Uh, that's the the goal. And you can get that because you had a primary caregiver that was attuned and gave you what you needed in those first like, zero to 18 months. Or you can get it from earning it. So it's called earn secure attachment, which means recognizing your patterns of insecure attachment and working to change them. Those different insecure attachment styles are something called avoidant, which is aka dismissive. You may have heard it as dismissive attachment, um, anxious attachment. 
also called preoccupied attachment and disorganized attachment, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's like fearful and avoidant. So you sort of have this avoidant and anxious attachment style together. What does this mean? (laughs) What does attachment mean? Really, it's your ability to build a healthy relationship, a relationship that's long lasting. When you have secure attachment, it's it's a lot easier for you to be in a healthy relationship, to build a healthy relationship. It's the result of feeling secure. So if you had mom, dad, caregiver, primary caregiver, whoever that was from your childhood, and they gave you validation without punishment, they gave you reassurance, right? You felt safe, you felt comforted, you felt attuned to, you felt valued, you felt like you were understood. They were emotionally present for you. They were aware of your emotions. They were aware of what you were doing. This is how secure attachment is built in in children and then thus into our primary relationships as we become adults. What does that mean though? What does someone who has secure attachment, um, what does that look like in a relationship? It really looks like having good self-esteem, being able to manage conflict well, being able to connect with other people, the ability to to look at your part, usually without defensiveness and criticism, so self-reflection in partnerships, being comfortable, getting close, being intimate with someone and not just physically intimate, emotionally intimate, Um, knowing that balance between time with partner, time alone, being able to ask for and get emotional support without suspicion, without needing too much of it, right? We talked about communication skills, learning communication skills, trusting that if you communicate or you're in a relationship, you're able to get what you need from this person, not feeling like I need to um, fight for it in some sort of way. Really the ability to regulate your emotions and ask for what you need. So that's a securely attached person. And it's not to say that we all who, even if you have secure attachment or earn secure attachment, it doesn't mean that you're going to have some of those things sometimes, right? It just means in general, that's how you are in relationship. So if you want to know your attachment style, we're going to put a quiz on the site so you can get to know that. Or you can listen to this show and maybe some of this will resonate with you, but On today's show, and we're going to actually do, because we felt like it was so important, a three-part series on attachment theory. We're going to have a very special guest, Dr. Chelsea Page, and she's going to come on and talk about attachment theory, the emotional bond between two people based on your early childhood experiences. She's going to talk about the way partners express their needs and show up in relationship. What are these attachment styles that are insecure? What do they mean? All of the questions that may be rattling around in your head. But I will say this was groundbreaking to me, just knowing why some relationships didn't work when it wasn't just communication and feeling like, what's going on over here, right? Like, what is happening? And then realizing, oh, this is attachment. Um, So what is attachment? How can we help your relationship? That is what today's show is all about. And um, because we talked beforehand and we just knew there was so much information, we are going to do a part two and part three just to break it down. But if you want to know what attachment is and why this is so important, make sure to stay with us because Dr. Chelsea Page is going to join us in just a moment here on Well Loved. This is Well Loved with Lucia. Welcome back. And we are so excited to be back. I feel like you should be a special co-host, Chelsea. 
Uh, (laughs) Someday, right? Uh, Dr. Chelsea Page, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be back and we have a lot to chat about. So this will be good. I know. First, let's talk about we're doing a series on attachment and everyone's probably like, what is attachment? And when we explained in part one, what attachment was, we're going to dive in and have you explain it in greater detail. We just gave some some little nuggets um, to, for people, but it is so fascinating. Attachment is just such a fascinating theory. Um, it's something I work with. I know you obviously work with it extensively. And and once I have people in my life and clients that hear about it, they're like, tell me everything. This makes mm-hmm. so much sense, right? But before we dive into that, I want to ask you, how have you been? Because we care about you and we know this is crazy times. How have you been doing? Oh, thank you so much for asking. I've been really good. It's, you know, of course, this has been a crazy time for everybody. And it's just been a lot of changes and transitions. And I'm an introvert at heart. So at the beginning of COVID, I didn't really make too much of a difference to me, to be honest. But then, of course, as things evolved and, you know, wanting to see people, it has an impact on everybody. So, but there's been good changes, hard changes, and, but that's life. So we just keep going on with the flow. Yeah, it is life. Seasons, for sure. Oh, yes. And as we head into the fall season and then the holidays, I feel like relationship issues, well, really, they've been pressing. They've through COVID, but I do feel like mm-hmm. around the holidays, they kick up more. Do you feel like that as well? Oh, yes. It can be, especially in the attachment, things are based around, you know, triggers and our fears. And a lot of that can be really triggered around holiday time. And there's a lot more emotional, oh, what would the word be? Just difficulties because um, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of stress going around. Usually you're seeing a lot more in-laws that maybe you haven't really seen in a while. Then there's there's a whole bunch of stuff that mm. kind of kicks up the dirt, <laughs> if you will. So yeah. it kind of amplifies the, the trickiness. But it sounds like all in all, you're doing well in your own life and your journey and your season. I am. I am. Good. One of the things that we've been talking about here is just how we want to really focus on real experts, real life information from the experts and simplifying it, making it something that is not to, because sometimes you can hear experts and you're like, that was fascinating. I don't know what you just said. <laughs> like it sounds amazing, yes. but lots. you are brilliant. What does that mean to me in my everyday life while I'm navigating <laughs> 7,000 things, right? Um, and that's never going to happen. But we're really trying to take this information and make it accessible to people and have experts like you on and really like cut through the people that say they're experts because sometimes you'll hear someone say, oh yeah, I'm a relationship expert or I'm a, a wellness expert. And it's like, are you? Do you really know about these theories and how this all works, right? And some people are, so no slight on those people, but just really diving into the foundation and the theories is so important when it comes to health, in my opinion, in my experience anyway. Oh, yes. I I certainly agree. And it's not not that we want to throw other people on the bus, because I certainly never want to talk bad about anybody, but it's something to just be a conscious consumer of information. And because, you know, the coaching industry especially is, and this is something I'm dipping more into myself, is it's not a regulated industry. And so anybody could say, hey, I'm a coach. Mm -hmm. I'm an expert at this. I can help you at this. Mm -hmm. And 
you have to be careful, especially when it comes to our internal emotional world, because it can be very fragile, especially if you had any past traumas or anything like that. So if you come across anyone that says, you know, I'm an expert and I can like heal you in seven days from all this, like don't don't believe that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it, I think you said it so eloquently. There was when I said that there was no one I was thinking of in particular, absolutely no Mm-mm. one. Um, so not trying to throw anyone under the bus, more just in the spirit of true wellness, right? Yes. And true knowledge, knowing that this stuff does matter. And like you said, right, mind and emotions, mental health, emotional health is so important and making sure you're trusting that with the right people. So much so. And especially as we start, you know, talking about even more around the attachment and intimacy and comfort, that's something too that you're building with someone that you're working with. So for example, my clients that I work with, there's there's a trust factor, there's an intimacy factor. And I they're trusting me with their hearts and really understanding and helping them move through this world in a positive way. So you just have to be careful that someone who's saying that's an expert, are they an expert in how they have navigated the world, but not necessarily how it applies to a, a ton of people. So some people, if that makes sense, like they're an expert because it's just worked for them, but they have no freaking idea if it's going to work for anybody else. <laughs> And when it comes to relationships, because so often people want you to tell them what to do. Yeah. And that definitely not the answer, right? Because we all have to decide what our values and beliefs are. And there are some things it's like, okay, that behavior is not healthy, right? Or this is toxic. And you can Mm -hmm. identify those things. But so much of relationships is identifying what your values and beliefs are and then fulfilling those values and beliefs. And you don't may not want my values and beliefs in a relationship sometimes, right? Yes. So when it comes to attachment, I have a feeling it's a word we're going to hear a lot more mm-hmm. in the next decade or so, especially. Can you explain what attachment theory is? Yes. Well, there's two people that we really want to know if you want to like actually know the people in attachment. And John Bowlby he really was one of the big pioneers of attachment, especially as it applies to kids and their primary caregiver. Mm -hmm. So like a little kid and their mama. And then this has evolved and really encompassed um, Sue Johnson. She's such a wonderful woman and she developed emotionally focused therapy, which really ties into attachment and applies this concept of attachment to adult relationships. So we kind of want to know those two people. And if that just went over your head to your listeners, like, don't even worry about that. (laughs) You don't have to know the people, but no, I think it's so important. I love Sue Johnson and emotionally. She's amazing. Yeah. And full transparency. I remember going to counseling when I was married and that was where my obsession for relationship work started. And he was like, in 12 sessions, we'll be able to work through the majority of this. I was like, 12 sessions. That is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And it goes and it's depends, right? So just as I said before, we have to be careful if anyone says this can be healed or fixed in a certain amount of time because attachment is, it can be a finicky thing. And, you know, what attachment really is, if we get to the kind of the heartbeat of it is as social creatures, we want to feel an intimate connection with others. We want to feel a sense of belonging. We want to feel a sense of connection because as social creatures, if we aren't connected, then there's an inner animal instinct fear that we're going to be just like left in the desert to die. (laughs) So as dramatic as that sounds, but that's what our like inner 
nervous system starts to fear. So we want to have an attachment to others where we feel safety and closeness. We trust closeness. That closeness feels okay. That I, I'm okay with being close with others. And this is what's called a secure attachment when we feel vulnerability is okay. We can be our true selves. We trust others. And there's a sense of grounding that happens in that. This really one of the like images I like to think of is if we think of even mom and little kiddo attachment is if you think of a little kid, say playing at a playground, although some playgrounds are still closed, but I think most of them are open now. (laughs) If you see a kid who has a secure attachment with their mom, they know that they're available and reliable and that they're going to be there and be present when they need them. So if they run off to go play on the monkey bars and they look behind them to see if mom is still there, they're checking, are you there? And if I need to, if I like get scared or if I, you know, fall off the playground and have a boo-boo that you're going to, you're going to be there for me when I'm in an emotional difficult place. And if the answer is yes, you are there, we have secure attachment, two thumbs up. Can you explain, and we're going to get into, there's different types of attachment, right? Based upon whether you have the security. And we talked about this. We're going to do this as a two-part series. So in this one, we're going to get into the details of attachment. And then we're going to talk about what the actual attachment styles are in more detail Mm -hmm. in our next show. Can you explain how that's formed, right? So I know you talked about parent or primary caregiver to child, does it have to be primary caregiver? Does it have to be mom, dad? And can attachment, I know some of these answers, but um, I I think you're (laughs) going to be able to explain it well, but can attachment change and evolve? Yes, it can change and evolve. So this is especially going to be important when we do dive into the more of the specifics, even though I kind of jumped the gun on that is... (laughs) No, it's good. It is something that can change and evolve. It's not something that's set in stone. So if you do find that you have a certain type of attachment style and you're like, ooh, I don't really want this attachment style and this doesn't really feel good for me, it is changeable. And I know this because I've seen it in many of the people I've worked with and even myself. So I know personally and professionally that it's totally changeable. It's not an overnight process by any means. It's not Like if you try to lose 50 pounds, you can't all of a sudden lose 50 pounds by the next day. Mm. (laughs) It's not going to happen. Absolutely. So yes, definitely is changeable. And as long as you are wanting to change and finding your reason why and being intentional with it and finding someone to support you through it can, can certainly be evolved, if that makes sense. No, it absolutely makes sense. And we are going to talk more about the styles and then later on and for further parts of the series, talk about how you can change them in more detail. Mm -hmm. So say you grew up in a household where there's obviously risk factors, right? And protective factors for secure attachment. Would you say that's fair to say? Yes, totally. So say you grew up in a household where mom was present, dad wasn't, for example. Are there a whole host of factors that are going to go into how you end up attaching as you move through life and, and into a primary relationship? Or how does attachment form or can you predict it's forming at all? Yes. Well, it forms because one of the questions you had had is, does it have to be your primary caregiver? Can it be somebody else? And really our primary caregivers, whether it's mom or dad, or maybe you grew up with grandma, really it doesn't matter. There is more influence, especially with mom, because there's the mama bond. But as 
the person who is most present and the people most present in your world are going to have influences and impact on your attachment style. And this is where it's it's not just one person and we can't put like all of our blame on one person of how we are or this is the one way it is. It's different people in your world. So perhaps maybe you even have a very unavailable mom and dad growing up that they weren't into that place of, oh, I can trust this closeness there. Maybe they didn't know how to navigate emotions. So if you came to them with something super exciting, maybe you had an A in school or maybe someone's bullying you in school and you're feeling so distraught and so frustrated and maybe you couldn't go to mom or dad. They didn't, they weren't there. They weren't there and available emotionally for those, those pieces. But perhaps a teacher, maybe you had a teacher that was there for you, that you could express your emotions, that you could feel a sense of safety and comfort with. There's still, that can still influence the development of a more secure attachment style, if that makes sense. So secure attachment can come from alternative um, sources, even if, because I know that among some of those theories is your primary form of attachment, right? Is, yes. is created from zero to 18 months, correct? It is because yeah, we're, we're most influenced, but it can come from really any incidents, to be honest, the way that things can change. Perhaps, Because for example, you could have grown up in a household where mom and dad were completely available. Everything was feeling really good. Emotions, there were a place and comfort for that. But maybe you got into some really awful, nasty relationship in when you were 21, mm. and then you started to not trust closeness and intimacy from that place because it hurt and was really ouchy mm-hmm. for the technical term. <laughs> yeah. And this is why one-on-one is really important sometimes, right? Because everyone's story is so different. So while there are sort yes. of risk factors, quote unquote, for um, either, and we'll talk about these terms more, but avoiding attachment or anxious attachment or disorganized, right? Mm-hmm. There's quote unquote risk factors for those. So non-secure attachment that can be identified in generalities, which we're talking about right now. There's so much more to your story, right? If you're listening right now, you have a really unique story. So So you may have had, like Dr. Chelsea said, an incredible attachment with mom, dad, or maybe grandma um, or or grandpa or Nana, as I called my grandmother, (laughs) Italian, um, which I did. I had a very, very strong connection with my Nana and she was my primary giver, caregiver for the first 10 months because my mom was so busy um, with my three other siblings and shocking I am completely different than my three other siblings in, in the way that I attach. She was very Italian from Italy, loving, and um, not that my siblings aren't loving, but I just am way more outwardly affectionate. So even if you grew up in the same household, you all are going to have different attachment styles because of your experience and your caregivers in all aspects of your life, not just your parents. Oh, yes, yes. And for example, my sister and I, we're, we have completely different styles, even though we grew up in the same household. And people can be like, well, why is that? And this is why we're complex creatures. And there's the whole, you know, nature versus nurture and all those pieces. And we each have our own, even though we have DNA that's very similar to that of our family, we are our own unique person with our own unique experiences that interact with the world in our own unique way. Mm-hmm. And the way that the world interacts with us is going to be its own relationship. And so how that relationship between you and the world around you, it's going to be your own kind of unique imprint 
if you will. So even in the same household, it can be completely different because I had completely different teachers than my sister. I had different experiences. I had different friends. I had, you know, different relationship with my dad, my mom, my, my step parents, all of that. So it becomes, there's, there's tons of variables that come into play. Right. So again, just identifying the uniqueness of your own story and how that possibly affects your attachment, right? And the attachment you seek. Yes. The reason attachment theory blew my mind when I was learning about it in my studies, it made sense out of every relationship that didn't go right. Mm -hmm. Almost every relationship that didn't go right. If you're sitting there listening right now and you're like, man, I loved this person, but our relationship was a disaster, right? Mm -hmm. And that is a hard concept. It was hard for me to comprehend. I'm thinking of one relationship in particular where I absolutely loved this person's personality. I loved so much about this person, right? And when people say, well, you can be in love with the person, it's the wrong relationship. It's like, well, what does that mean? And it's like, well, it most likely means attachment. (laughs) You guys have two very different attachment needs, right? And if someone's avoidant and someone's anxious, it can be a disaster. Yes, especially when, so we think of things kind of on a continuum and a spectrum, especially if we're on completely opposite sides, it's like trying to be in a love relationship with somebody who speaks Italian and you speak English. <laughs> it's like, well, we're not going to quite line up very well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's not to say you can't change and work on no. it, but the first step is truly And why we're doing this series is identifying what it is, because so many people are really, truly perplexed. Like, if I love this person, why is it so hard? Oh, I'm always so passionate about this topic, too. And I had the same response as you did of when I first learned this. I'm like, this is magic, magic, although it's not magic, but it's like, why do people not teach this? And right now I'm in the middle of um, doing teaching a program just on like specifically on this stuff. So this was so aligned that we are doing this recording right now because understanding what love really is and means and intimacy, we have to understand that what we see on things like movies and TV and also experience at the beginning of a relationship, that's that's not true love. That is unrealistic. That's not sustainable because attachment, what happens and how it gets activated in our certain different areas, which we'll dive into the more specific, you know, the anxious, avoidant, secure. When you're in the beginning of a relationship, it's all exciting and you're like sharing new things. So you're sharing more and more bits of vulnerability and all the hormones are going and your triggers really aren't coming up to the surface just yet, usually. Mm -hmm. And this is not a blanket statement for everybody. But when you're more in a long-term relationship, it's like, whoa, okay, your triggers come into play. Your fear of closeness comes into play. The, oh my gosh, I'm not feeling seen or valued or loved comes into play. Or holy cow, I'm afraid you're going to hurt me like maybe my ex-boyfriend did. So I'm a little afraid to get close to you right now. And that's being triggered at the moment. Mm -hmm. So all the triggers start coming up because that's real life. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you said, it's so funny. The other day I was thinking whoever created and they live happily ever after Mm. just like really gypped love (laughs) and like really set us all up with such unrealistic expectations because it's like, it should be. And now the hard work starts, right? Like now the commitment starts and learning each other's language and how, you know, how, attachment comes into play. That is relationship, right? That is relationship. Do you think it's fair to say attachment is really, it's the foundation of relationship? It a hundred percent is. It's 
Yes, it's the heartbeat of a relationship. It's this interaction between the relationship with yourself and the relationship with another. And those things combine create the sense of security and the sense of feel good in relationship. And it all influences how we show up in the world and in the world of relationship. And life is not butterflies and rainbows all the time, which all of us going through COVID right now totally know that to be true. Yes. In life, we're going to have stress. We're going to have anxieties. We're going to have triggers. We're going to have arguments. I did uh, this post the other day I did on my Facebook page about having disagreements and arguments in a relationship is okay. That is that is the sign of a healthy relationship. Not that you're arguing 24-7, but how you handle those, those disconnects that happen because you're going to have disconnections in relationship. How do you handle it? How do you get back to vulnerability? How do you get back to connection? How do you get back to that sense of secure attachment and repair any disconnects that happen? That's life. That's going... To happen over and over in a relationship. It's like, it's a given. Absolutely. Maybe this is a good time to actually talk about this. What are the different attachment styles? So, well, we've referenced the secure attachment. That's the, I'm okay in the world, in my world, I'm okay with you. Like, I'm good, you're good, we're good. Like, everything's good. Secure attachment. And then there's the avoidant attachment. So, this is somebody who's more of you know, I'm totally okay in me. I'm good inside of me, but I'm not so sure about closeness with you. So I'm going to keep you at a distance. I'm going to avoid you. I'm going to withdraw from you. An anxious attachment on kind of the other side of the spectrum is I need to be as close to you as possible. I need to like feel close to you. I need to feel connected to you. I kind of imagine a koala bear for some reason whenever I talk about anxious attachment, like I need to like wrap my arms around you. Because I also don't trust closeness. And so I need to keep you close. It's almost like the concept of object permanence, which Mm -hmm. is an attachment theme, right? And for people that don't know what that means, it's going back to Dr. Chelsea's example previously, where the child on the playground is looking for mom or dad or or adult. I have someone that says, go find your adult, right? Whoever that adult may, may be. So object permanence is if they look back and that person's gone, they're not going to have a good sense that that object's coming back, right? That that person is Mm -hmm. coming back, right? So it does create attachment that can be anxious, avoidant, disorganized. Yes. So, well, with the, the more disorganized, so this is more in the realm of kind of the fourth. And there's so many different ways and different languages that are used. Like if you even try to Google these things, there's so many different names. Mm -hmm. And I like the very simple, secure, avoidant, anxious and then disorganized or fearful. Those are kind of in the same in this category. This more fourth category is a mix of both avoidant and anxiousness. This is somebody who is, okay, I want you to come closer, come closer to me, but then, oh, that's too close. That's scary. I'm going to push you away. But then I push you away too far. And now that makes me nervous because you're too far away. So I'm going to pull you closer again. And then we have this kind of push pull that's going on rather than the avoidant is more kind of in this more static. I'm going to keep you at a distance and anxious is more in the static. I want to keep you as close as I can. Does that make sense? Makes absolute sense. We're going to have Dr. Chelsea come back on the show to talk about that a little bit more. As we wind down today's conversation though, Dr. Chelsea, for attachment, one of the things that 
you had mentioned previously that I do just want to highlight is how shifting it can be, right? So if you were like, well, this doesn't make sense because I feel like I'm anxious and I was raised with adults that, you know, were amazing and I felt like I started out as secure. You absolutely, I just want to emphasize, can shift. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen it right with the work that I do, but specifically even for myself, because I get per- personal on the show, yeah. I've seen it in myself. And I really was a secure attacher for a very long time and worked hard to be. We're going to talk about how you can change your attachment style, right? And I remember after my divorce, dating after my divorce, all of a sudden I was anxious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, who is this? Like literally, who is this person? And it took me dating someone who was avoidant to realize how anxious I had become. So it was almost like a gift to date someone who was avoidant to make me realize how attachment styles change, right? For better, for better, but for, I don't want to say worse, but for different, right? Yeah. Well, for difficulty, I think. And yeah, it's hard. Sometimes we want to be careful with the language, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's definitely, it's changeable and it's, it's going to evolve. And the more focused you are on really understanding, okay, I want a secure attachment. And even if you're listening to this right now and you're like, Probably maybe because you're avoidant and you're like, I don't want a secure attachment because I don't want to be close to anybody. Yeah. It's our primal need as humans to really want to have a sense of security. So it's there, even if you deny it to be there, because it's it's safer to deny it because then you don't have to admit that you want to be close to somebody, which is a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. But it is a hundred percent changeable. And secure attachment is it's this realm that it's not that, okay, we're here, we're in the land of secure attachment, and then we're there forever. Just in your example, you were there, and then you kind of bounced out into more of the anxious place. Mm -hmm. The secure attachment is like, I kind of think of it almost as like healthy, like our healthy body living, but healthy relationship living. So if you think of, you know, working out and eating healthy and drinking water, it's not something that you or once you figure it out, you're like there all the time. <laughs> like life is going to kick you out. Like the holidays is going to kick you out of alignment, you know, those kind of things. So you keep working yourself and kind of turning your your compass and your positioning towards secure attachment and align as best as you can and keep moving toward that, even if you get kicked out of alignment. I love that. Um, and looking at it like that, secure attachment is almost like that epic place of health you want to reach when it comes to emotions. And one of the things I don't think we mentioned that is so important about attachment, I think, is it's not just, of course, we all think romantic relationships, right? Mm -hmm. But this is in most relationships. It gets heightened in romantic. But if you start examining, well, how am I at work? And you start learning about attachment and you're like, oof, there's an anxious attacher, right? There's an avoidant attacher. You can see people's relational styles in your coworkers, right? In your neighbors, in certain aspects. You're not going to see it as predominantly, and their traits may not come out to a point where you can identify them as clearly with your romantic partner, right? Mm -hmm. But this is how we relate to the world. Yes, definitely how we relate to the world. And the, the more important somebody is to you, the more heightened our attachment experience with the other person is going to be. Like Mm -hmm. Joe Schmo at Starbucks, um, he might ping me and some part of me might get triggered a teeny bit, perhaps if, I don't know, he says something mean about me, just for example, but it, he doesn't 
matter so much to me. So he's not going to have as big of an impact on my internal connecting system. Whereas right. my husband, right. we're in connection. It's like in all in emotionally focused therapy, one of the symbols that gets used is an infinity symbol and the impacts that we have. So we're in a relationship with each other. And yeah, that applies to friends and applies to my sister and myself, like everybody in your world. Absolutely. Dr. Chelsea, thank you so much. Before we let you go, um, we do want to say Dr. Chelsea is going to be back next week talking about what those four attachment styles in detail and how to identify them for yourself and also for your significant other. So make sure to come back. We may actually even just release these together. So if you're listening, you can just pop on to episode number two. Before we let you go this time, Dr. Chelsea, anything else you want to say that you feel like is important to someone listening? I think just right now, just be an awareness of this. It can be very easy sometimes for us to get kind of either judgy on ourselves or others when we understand attachment styles, but just just be curious, just be aware, start to get a grounding and get your feet under you in this concept and idea and don't use it as any shame or blaming type of tool. Like don't go in, oh my gosh, I'm anxious attachment. There must be something wrong with me. No, there's nothing wrong with you. You're learning and you're expanding your world and you'll move closer to secure attachment. Don't worry. I love that. A perfect way to end it. We will be back. And if you want to hear more, just click on episode number two. Be right back. A treat and retreat for your day. This is Well Loved with Lucia. Thanks so much to Dr. Chelsea Page for being with us. Um, She has so much more to say and we have so much more to talk about. So we're just going to release episode two and three. Everything here at Well Loved and Well Seekers, we like to make digestible so it feels like it's accessible and you can hear these shows in smaller chunks. Um, And maybe you don't want to know the rest. Maybe you just realized you were a secure attacher and you're okay, Um, but you like this information. If so, and you don't want to listen to part two and three, that's amazing. Um, But if you want to learn more about what your attachment style is, what your partner's attachment style is, and how you can work on it, then stay with us. We have part two and three coming up. And for all of us here at Well Loved, we are so excited you decided to, to stay with us, to learn about yourself, to grow deeper. I know it is hard. It is hard work changing. It's hard work recognizing your patterns, but it is always worth the effort. I can say that not just professionally, but personally. Um, so I just want to say it's really brave for you to be here. And we're so happy that you're here with us. Um, so stay tuned for part two and part three here on Well Loved. Find a new kind of love for yourself and others.